0: From Crema, this is Option 5, a podcast about product and innovation teams and how they take the leap to say yes and figure it out. I'm George Brooks. And I'm Dan Linhart.
1: Oh, welcome back, everyone. Hey there, Daniel. Hey, George. It's another day here at the podcast table. It is Option 5.
0: You're here to talk more about product teams. So you have a product team. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's just assume you buy it. Mm-hmm. You are in the product family and you mm-hmm. have chosen to, to create a cross discipline team. That's moving forward towards a, a, a vision, a goal. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, what's the key
1: thing we're working towards in a product team? Why do we have everyone around the table?
0: Is this a, you're asking me the question? Oh, I got to answer. I got to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I think the, the, the big thing for a product team is that you're moving towards, um, you're moving towards, uh, creating a, um, something that is valuable for the world Mm -hmm. and as quickly as possible, figuring out what that value is.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's hard to do that when you don't have everyone on the same page. And so when we work with our clients or even in our own internal meetings, the goal of goals, if you will,
0: goal,
1: that was nice of goals. See, we harmonize. Yes. <laughs> Is alignment. <laughs> Is alignment. And that's what we're talking about today. Alignment for the purpose of making decisions.
0: Uh, okay. So I'm going to throw it back to you. What do you mean by alignment?
1: Well, let's start with maybe what we don't mean by it. Mm. Because I like how you even, didn't
0: answer my question there. I'm gonna come back around. I'm gonna come back around a different way. Yeah. Uh,
1: we don't mean that everyone 100 percent agrees yeah. with the decision that you're moving forward on. Yep. Does that happen? Absolutely. Um, it can definitely happen. But I would say it happens less than what really what we see happens a lot is say you were to have five people in the room, you'd probably have four people aligned. On some on a decision or a way forward that is for the most part similar, Mm. and then you might have someone that is not aligned um, or does not see that the way you're going to move forward with the solution, um, they may not agree with it, but they trust the process, they trust the team, trust the process, and they're willing to move forward in that direction. That's what alignment is, even
0: if you don't agree. So, um, uh, clear, I think it was Clear Left, gosh, this has been an article, it's probably four and a half years old now, um, wrote a, rate, a great article on this idea of consent, not consensus. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of encapsulates, can cap, words, encapsulates mm-hmm. what you're trying to say um, there, which is that idea of, we don't all have to agree. Mm-hmm but we all have to be okay with this is the decision that we made and we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think most people, at least what I found, what you and I have found is that if they understand the why, if you mm-hmm. can communicate the purpose and the why behind the rationale, um, behind the decision, even if they don't agree with it, but it's like, okay, I see that you put a lot of intentionality into that. Yep. I can move forward. Do you think you have to agree on the why? Um, for the most part, um, that's a great question.
0: I'm not sure that you do. I mean, I think it still kind of has that same framework of now you have to have a consensus that Mm -hmm. this is the why we're going with. Mm -hmm. So if you if you're not on that bus, Mm -hmm. it's going to be really difficult for you to be effective on this team. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is a decision of the why that we are moving forward with.
1: Right. And there's different degrees of why. Like if you're talking about the why, like the mission statement or the underlying cultural values of a company, absolutely. Right. If you don't, if you're not buying into those, then you're probably not going to do well wherever you just won't you last, right? You just won't last, but there's otherwise, whether it's maybe it's a small problem that mm-hmm. is in the grand overarching, um, vision of a movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you're not in agreement with the why, but again, you understand and you trust the person, you trust the team, you trust the process. Yeah. Yep. You can move
0: forward. Yeah, I agree. So why is it so important to have alignment, um, or consensus or whatever that is that shared, that shared, um, common thread to move forward? Mm-hmm. I think one
1: thing for me, and, um, I think it's Pat Lencioni in his book, uh, the five dysfunctions of a team. He talks about, he talks about the gap mm. and trusting your team your teammates in the gap, and what the gap is—gaps um, in understanding, gaps in communication. Maybe you weren't brought into a conversation, and someone on your team brings something up, brings something up at the table, and you're thinking in your head like, "I wasn't aware of that." Mm. The other way to think about that is assuming the best of that person yeah, in absolutely. the moment. Right, and I'm going to trust in the gap. I don't have all understanding. I don't have all um, the communication. I wasn't brought into the full conversation and that creates a gap in a, uh, around clarity. However, I'm going to trust the pro- again, trust the process, trust the team and trusting in the gap I think is a very important thing in creating alignment.
0: Yeah. And I think it doesn't have to be it doesn't necessarily have to be democratic, right? Um where you know, we're all voting on what the direction we're going per se. Right but it also doesn't have to be dictatorship. Right. Um, we're not, I mean, especially krema we're not a top down organization Uh in the sense of like we direct or explicitly say, this is what everyone has to do. Uh Um, but I think going back to that tacit knowledge, um, if everyone understands the, the culture and the parameters and the behaviors that Uh are, that move our team forward, then, then you can have that trust with each Uh other. You can have that ability to say, I'm okay with this gap. Uh I'm okay with that, that ambiguity. Uh Um, to be able to, to move forward. Um, and I think that's really important is not feeling like, well, gosh, I mean, I, I want everybody needs to have a voice and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, um, a, a voice that is completely considered a hundred percent. And mm-hmm. like, and if we're not all, you know, raising our hands, then if it's not unanimous, we don't move forward mm-hmm. or, or on the flip side, it's like, screw you all. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And this is the way we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some balance between whatever that spectrum is mm-hmm. um, between, between those things.
1: Yeah. And there's a difference between giving everyone a voice in the conversation and providing their input and giving a voice in the actual making of the decision. Yeah. And I think it's important that when you go into, when you're working with your product team and you're working on that next problem, you've got to tackle, define it right away. One, who the decision maker is and two, what kind of decision you're making. Cause there are different types of decisions. Sometimes you walk into a meeting and it's like, I'm going to make the decision, but I need everyone's input. Yeah, uh, your input's valuable and I want your input in order to make this decision. Other times you walk in, it's like we're all gonna decide together. Mm-hmm. There's those types of decisions. Mm-hmm. And then there's some where you walk in and it's like, I've made a decision. Yeah. And I want to inform you about it and just have a quick dialogue. Get your take, get your input on it, but just call it out right then and there. It's like who's making the decision and what are we all here to do?
0: Yeah. I mean, that even that that alone is its own kind of alignment um, of hey, FYI. Uh, we don't have time to discuss this the time is of the essence we're moving forward mm-hmm. a decision was made
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or you, there's a bunch of aspects of this that we can explain but mm-hmm. we had to make this decision and this is the way we're going mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's okay um, in the right context uh, I've had to learn that honestly because i'm not great at that I'm, mm. I'm I want everybody to get along and to be happy <laughs> and uh, I want uh, you know I want to hear everybody's opinions mm-hmm I want my opinion to be right, but I want- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that I need to be liked. I just want everyone to praise me. That's right. That's right. Uh, Michael Scott. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that we've had to learn how to do that as our, as our company has grown, mm-hmm. but also in, in the context of each of our product teams and different pers- personalities and the different, um, maybe even challenges that those, those teams are, are working on. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we do that best? Right. So create gaps. Hmm.
1: Or if you're not aligned, it can create gaps. So eliminate those gaps, trust in the gaps. Another thing is, and I think we've seen this very firsthand in our strategy and alignment sessions is if you're not aligned, you can go a mile in the Mm. wrong direction and it takes a long time coming back to the starting point. I feel like is a much longer mile than going, than going in the wrong direction.
0: It's hard to fix that.
1: (laughs) It's like turning an aircraft carrier.
0: And so many times our clients come back to us that that's, they're walking backwards Mm -hmm. going Oh, crap. I've just, we, we weren't aligned, you know, either it was my partner, my vendor and mm-hmm. I weren't aligned or my team wasn't aligned mm-hmm. or uh, even my customers mm-hmm. weren't aligned. We, we thought we were building the right thing for our customers and come to find out it's not what they wanted or mm-hmm. not what they needed.
1: Yeah, and I think you said a really important point there of where their their comment or their statement is, I thought, I thought we were aligned. And so what that made us rethink as a product team is there are multiple phases of alignment. Mm. So we've experienced, maybe you'll go through a quick ideation session and people will state the problem and solution and everyone's for the most part on the same page. You could walk out of that room and everyone thinks they're aligned. And then maybe a designer or developer goes and builds something as an expression of that and everyone comes back and like, that's not what we talked about. And so I think, Mm So the next phase of that alignment at least in our experience has been okay well maybe let's all sketch yeah maybe let's all draw on the whiteboard what we think the idea looks like and then you realize quickly oh wait
0: we weren't aligned <laughs> I remember an exercise we'll get we'll get to this maybe a little bit later about some specifically some of the tactics but I remember we did an exercise years ago um, which we kind of we knew about what we'd never done before and I was like oh, I'll just try it in this mm-hmm. session and it was crazy eights and it's this idea of sketching out what's in your head and you do it like eight times, you do it rapidly and it's a design thinking exercise. And of course our team was sketching what we had in our head. And then the client was sketching what they had in their head. And by definition, both both um, uh, examples of what each person sketched actually completed the statement we had on the wall mm-hmm. that was the user flow or the description of what it ought to be. Mm-hmm. But the sketches were two polar opposite things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was it mean it it immediately went oh we're not aligned we thought we were mm-hmm. um, but as soon as we drew it out he went well what is this and we went well what is that and and you know there was this this kind of dance to go oh well we just both saw that in two different two completely different ways
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that's hard to see because had we not done that exercise we would have just made the the full assumption we were aligned right. Um, which is a weird thing.
1: Right. And so I think someone listening right now might think, well, then if you can have all this trouble with alignment, why not? Why the product team? Why not just have one person making all the decisions? That's a good point. But coming back to it, that's why these exercises, these tactics take place and exist because again, it is more valuable to have every perspective in the room than to have one perspective and make alignment easier.
0: Knowing the constraint of the developer, knowing the potential of the designer, knowing the business why reason of the product owner. Mm -hmm. Those are all so important to the actual final product. Right. But if those people are not seeing the same things in their head Mm -hmm. or at least something similar, Mm -hmm. then the final result could be detrimental. Right. Right. uh, Absolutely. Which is scary.
1: Yeah. Which is why process is so important and again it's it's worth the cost of maybe someone losing a debate mm-hmm. it's worth it's worth the cost Except of some, not me right yeah i don't cuz you, you want to be right i just
0: i really have a hard time i just it. want to be praised
1: <laughs> uh, it's worth it but yeah. you have to be really intentional and i think what we realized even in our own context this week and what Krima was doing yeah we yeah. realized that we got to a solution and yeah there were times where it's like, man, I don't know why people aren't seeing it the way I'm seeing it because I'm not seeing the way you're seeing it. But at the end of the week, it was a beautiful expression of everyone contributing and everyone was aligned on what the solution we validated. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was positive about it. Yep. Everyone was like, this is really good. And I really like the process we just did.
0: So, okay. So why don't you, uh, why don't you give us a little story about what we did this last week? Okay. So one of the things
1: that we are investigating this year, two things and they intersect. They, they intersected really well this week is the idea of incorporating a process or a way of bringing solutions out into the open that you wouldn't have thought of yourself. Um, it's called a design sprint and Crema is looking at being being able to, I don't even know where I want to go with that. I'll jump in. I've lost.
0: It's okay. I've lost it. I see it. I see it in your eyes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, uh, background a little bit. Um, most of what we do, most of the way that Crema makes its money, the business model of Crema is we are a strategy design development and test company for you know, companies of all sizes to help people ideate and and build their products, Mm -hmm. um, which is a blast. And we love doing that. There are some constraints on that though. Um, It's difficult to scale that. It's difficult to grow that without just hiring lots of people and selling lots lots of projects. And so we've been thinking about a a number of different ways that we can not create a pivot in Crema, but look for opportunities for where we can create additional value in Mm -hmm. Crema. Um, And some of those things are in our own intellectual property of our own Mm -hmm. ideas, um we build everybody else's ideas all the time and just like any other product shop we constantly think about building our owns uh, mm-hmm. our owns. and we're going to go and build our own projects uh, um but um instead of jumping in and just like you know ruining our uh our profit margin and our culture and everything else we've been really thoughtful about how to create a space mm-hmm. to um to do that mm-hmm. um and for us it's lab fridays which um have recently had an additional aspect of them added to them, which is uh, called Venture Lab, uh-huh. uh, which is basically like a startup weekend, but we only do them every other Friday, uh-huh. basically. So that's that time is carved for our team to work on creating products. And we have uh-huh. about six that are in kind of an incubation period, about three quarters of the way through the, the quarter. And one of them was actually a product that we've had previously called Scorebot.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: And um scorebot actually accidentally became successful we 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 always tell our clients it's totally not true if you build it, they will come, but it actually but happened, it happened this for thing. us yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But don't rely don't, on that. Yeah, yeah. no,
0: don't, um, don't outliers. Yeah, outliers. We so we built this this Slack bot. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, we wanted to use it in the office. And we thought we'll, we'll give the, you know, let the world use it too, mm-hmm. and it, it took off. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a couple of years ago, and we've kind of just let it sit on the shelf. We haven't touched it for a while, and as a part of this venture lab, we picked it back up to keep working on it. Super exciting. But one of the big questions we thought is how do we make money off of it? Because mm-hmm. right now we're not charging for it. We're mm-hmm. still paying for the hosting We're, de- you know, mm-hmm. people do touch it occasionally. That's a cost. Mm-hmm. How do we charge for it? And so we decided to, combine two different things that we're working on. One mm-hmm. is the venture lab piece. Mm-hmm. And the other piece was that we've been experimenting or, or researching or following this idea of design sprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, originally coined from Google Ventures, um, uh, Jake Knapp wrote a book on it. Um, we follow this other um, uh, European agency called AJ Smart and they, they've been they, they really made a name for themselves doing it. And we thought, oh, we could do that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's totally in our wheelhouse. We're technically already do them, mm-hmm. but we do them in like, Anywhere between four to six week timeframes, mm-hmm. and this this asks you to do it in four days. Mm-hmm. Drastically different right. timeframes. Um, right. So today for this week, we thought, well, let's run the experiment to try it ourselves on mm-hmm. ourselves. So we did one for Scorebot. Right. And it's
1: the perfect setting for mm-hmm. our product teams because it's the environment you're bringing in multiple different roles. Mm-hmm. both from the, the individuals facilitating the sprint, but also individuals that are part of the product team yeah. um, that are working on the product and are trying to work through a problem. And so you have multiple different roles, unique perspectives. It was just a great environment to kind fun. of throw our product team in. And it was a lot of fun. And when you hear the word design sprint, some people may check out cause like, well, I'm not a designer. Yeah. I, I yeah, couldn't yeah. participate in that. Right. Uh, But that's totally not the case. It's Mm -hmm. not a measure of creativity. It's not a measure of, oh, look how artistic I can be. Mm -hmm. It's more a measure of, I understand that we have a big problem. and Or opportunity. Or opportunity. And we want to use a process that's going to draw out solutions. It's going to draw out ways of, you know what? This might be an interesting way to solve this problem and let's validate
0: it. Yeah. and I mean, it's basically what we did. But getting back to this idea of... Finding alignment. Every exercise that we did, we had to find a method that would allow us to basically agree on the decision that was being made, mm-hmm. and then move forward. And while we may not become a design sprint company like exclusively, like AJ Smarter or, or others, we we love the the um, ethos, if you will, around it. In that you have a cross-discipline team. For us, there was developers in the room, there was a test engineer, there was a designer, there was you and I from mm-hmm. a leadership or a product ownership standpoint. And um, but at a certain point, we're doing all these activities, and then there there's you know someone has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Someone has to be the person that like gets the final extra mm-hmm. star, the extra vote, the extra sticky dot that says this is what we're going to go with. Right. Decisions made. Right. You, you're not going to get to argue about it because we're moving forward and we've right. only got four days. So right. let's move.
1: And there were probably at least five, maybe six phases or levels or segments of alignment throughout the entire yeah, sprint. Yeah. It's not just one of those. We're going to go through the four days and then ask that question at the end of, are we all aligned? That's a recipe for disaster yeah. because, you know, someone at the, on the first day is probably thinking, I don't know if I agree with this, Mm -hmm. but now's not the time for me to voice Mm -hmm. that. But we had, yeah, on the first day, probably at least three levels of alignment, a second day, two or three to where a decision had to be made, a decision maker's in the room, but everyone is being able to give their perspective, throw in their input. And then at the end, it's like the decision maker has made a decision and people are trusting the process and they're moving forward.
0: Yeah. I think what's cool is if you think about what are some of the tactics that come out of the model of the design sprint? So there is obviously the things you do in a design sprint. So there's the, how might we exercises? There's the storyboarding, sketching to yeah, long-term goal, um, the mapping, other uh, things, other, lots of, lots of process, lots of doodling process. No Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, abstract those away. What are some of the tactics that people can use and maybe thinking about the Mm -hmm. design sprint as a, um, a framework, if you will, what are some of the tactics that are useful in getting people aligned?
1: Yeah. One aspect that I thought was really beneficial is there's times of, again, there's times of debate and processing out loud, but then there's also times of silence Mm -hmm. and, So one exercise or a couple of them, actually, you're, you might be sketching or you might be writing down notes and it's a maybe 10 minute period of, and you're doing that all silently. Right. And then you put your ideas up on the board and then other people at the end of that time are looking at everybody else's sketches or doodles or notes. And not discussing. and, And they're not discussing and there's no one in there really doing a stump speech right. as to why their idea is the best.
0: And the person with the loudest or most eloquent pitch or uh presentation or right. extroverted skills right. is not winning.
1: Yeah. Everyone's walking around looking at everyone else's idea, mm-hmm. trying to be in those ideas. We try to make them as anonymous as right. possible. Right. And people are writing down notes they're voting on. Oh, I like this about this idea. I like this about this other idea. And at the end, everyone is able to see, wow, we have a much fuller picture yep. and narrative of the potential. Of the potential rather than if we just focused on one aspect yeah. of yeah. it. So that silent, those periods of silence and people working through and then being super able-
0: uncomfortable for me.
1: It is because <laughs> well, not only that, because you want to get up and defend your your idea. Yeah. You want to yeah. be like, I want my five minutes of pitch time. Oh yeah. But you don't get it. You don't get it. That's and true. I think it's, it's a great way to, it's non-confrontational and it's really just, it's comfortable. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. There's this sense of, Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have to be completely vulnerable yeah. in that moment with everyone looking at me. What if they don't like my idea? Right. It's just people being able to walk around the room and observe
0: well, it's funny. Now, looking back hindsight, I don't think I even really was aware of whose sticky notes were who. Right. I probably knew yours the best just because we've been around each other the longest. So and I know handwriting. your handwriting. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that's the only ones. And so I definitely didn't vote on yours. But oh, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. So I, I think that idea of giving everyone a voice, mm-hmm. um, it's really difficult. That's a difficult thing to do well, because I think it's so easy to let that Oh well, giving everyone a voice is actually that democratic process, mm-hmm. and then and then it leads to brainstorming, which leads to conversation, and not that any of that is bad, but oftentimes it can be a huge waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what ends up happening is, rather than a decision ever being made, you feel like, well, not everybody's bought in, so we're probably just not going to move forward. Yeah, and there's not there's no alignment there, right? Um, in the well, everybody gets to have a say, right? Um, it's,
1: it's almost saying every voice is given input through the solution and the solution that they're posing is speaking for itself. Right. And it's measured on that, not on their ability to say the right words mm-hmm. and sell it in a way that right. makes everyone that convinces everyone. So
0: it could be the, the most quiet, um, you know, non-creative developer Mm -hmm. has this brilliant functional idea how to solve the problem or the opportunity in a much simpler way Mm -hmm. Um, than the charismatic product owner that is good at selling the idea. Now it Mm -hmm. might mean that that product owner now has to go sell the product Mm -hmm. that that developer came up with. You know what I
1: mean? So it, it comes around full circle. Again, yeah. Bringing back the unique role and gifts of everyone on the team.
0: I think using the creative exercises is huge too. Just um, everyone's creative. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't, I think. uh, So we are, we also sponsor and are are involved in uh, an organization called creative mornings here in Kansas city and and organizations around the world now. And one of their mantras or I guess their kind of mission statement is that everyone is creative. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have, I mean, some of their places like a, a surgeon will give a talk or a, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some kind of lesser creative, like stereotypical creative services. Um, you know, maybe a counselor or something like uh-huh. that would give a talk, which you wouldn't think of as a creative role. Uh-huh. I mean, that's partly a worldview thing too, uh-huh. but everyone has that ability to be creative to, uh-huh. to think about ways to solve problems, maybe with the simplest solution. And so giving them the space and the opportunity to flex that muscle when maybe they don't get to flex it normally, uh-huh. I think is really exciting. Well, it's an adjective. You know, it's not an identity. Oh, interesting. You know, what do you mean by that? Go, go into that. That's good.
1: Well, and I've heard many people introduce themselves and that's totally fine. It's like, what do you do? Or who are you? It's like, I'm a creative. And oh, so there's, I'm sure I've done there's that. an immediate, and it, it is totally fine, but it makes me think like, well, I know a lot of people who may not necessarily identify themselves as a creative, yeah. but I've seen their work. I'm like, that was a creative idea. Yeah. So there's an, it's a description. It's an adjective. Like I love Excel spreadsheets. If you were to, there's I, nothing
0: I, creative about Excel, but, but I, I've
1: created some really creative I Excel spreadsheets. Every
0: <laughs> once in a while, you send me a document that I'm supposed to go review a budget or something. And I'm like, this is a really well organized, beautiful structure of numbers no, well, of numbers. <laughs> and then like the way that you like darkened certain cells, or you put a little border around it. And I'm like, that does draw my eyes to the numbers that I'm supposed to see, like, don't look at this one. What's funny look at this one. is I probably wouldn't make as pretty of an Excel spreadsheet because I'd be like, screw Excel. I don't want to do right. this. I'm
1: out. You, you know? don't want me drawing your portrait. No. You don't want me drawing anything for you really. But does that mean but I'm not budget? creative? Right. Exactly. Yeah, and I so I think those creative exercises, they can be daunting. Yeah. But as long as you describe what they are, they're really to get ideas flowing. Yeah. Um, they're really great.
0: I think the idea also of, um, the idea of having a healthy level of conflict or debate is okay. Yep. We yep. actually had, I won't go into the details, but we actually had a scenario in the office. I don't, for those who are listening, um, maybe of so the people in Kansas city know, because we kind of put out a lot of content and people talk about Cremo being this just like amazing, amazing company culture. We're known uh-huh. for that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I agree, we do, we have an incredible culture and like our team is so nice and bought in and they believe in our mission and our vision and our values, which I'm not taking anything away from. That's awesome. But sometimes it's like, well, where, where can we improve? Um, I know you probably disagree with something mm-hmm. like just just speak up, just say what it mm-hmm. is. And and I think actually it was recently that there was a a dissension around um, some content that we were creating Mm -hmm. and and not bad. There was not like a, there was not a fight. It Mm -hmm. was just like, well, why, Mm -hmm. why are we doing it that way? Right. And actually you and I weren't in the room. We heard about this through Mm -hmm. channels. And um, I, I remember thinking, well, good. Like that was a healthy Mm-hmm. That was a healthy little debate there. It was a healthy right. little um you know challenging the status quo mm-hmm. of well why are we doing it that way right why why is this why isn't it some the a, a different way or now I think we had to land the plane that decision had to be mm-hmm. made, or maybe an ex- explanation had to be said of well, we do it this way because there is a why, mm-hmm. and maybe you don't see the full context, and let me let me tell you what it is right and we move forward it's fine. Right. But I like that there's a little bit of tension sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, When everybody's just going along, I think oftentimes you're probably someone's just lying to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Which I think that actually scares me more than a little healthy debate.
1: Right. It's you're asking for input and you're getting head nods. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we need to, let's take a step back. Cause all I'm getting are head nods right now. I think a really cool exercise that, I would love for us to do more, and I know that some of our uh, directors are starting. Is identify if you go into an important meeting and you're going to make a decision, identify the the healthy debater or the person that whose sole job is to debate the other side of the spectrum, even if they don't agree with it. They may be completely aligned with the group, the quote unquote devil's advocate. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, their goal in that meeting is to argue the other person's point of view just to get clarity and to strike conversation. Me, I couldn't be that person. It gives me the anxiety. Other, <laughs> the other aspect is to have someone argue the idea of another role. So maybe, maybe you had a designer and a developer scene, not seeing eye to eye, right? Have the designer argue the developer's point of view and the developer argue mm. the designer's point yeah. of view. Yeah. And what that does again, it creates empathy. It creates just a stronger sense of alignment. And it's like, Oh, okay. I actually see where you're coming from. And then you get to that solution. So healthy debate is good. There's a book out there called radical candor. Oh yeah. And the two premises are challenge directly and care personally. You can care personally while challenging someone directly. So
0: we, I think we said it before we have a a mandatory reading of a book called, um, multipliers, Mm -hmm. which, um, I'm excited. We're coming to the end of the quarter. We're going to have to make sure people actually read that. Mm. Um, I think Radical Candor might be another interesting one as a default read because I think it would give a healthy space for us to right. know how to have those moments. Right. But I think, you know, I, our next point here was just kind of widen your perspective. And that that happens organically because of the diverse views. Yep. It's almost an outcome. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't know that I would I would say too much more about that except for look for the opportunity that when you're getting aligned, Seeing other people's perspectives will be helpful to make sure that you understand the context of the decision you made. Mm-hmm. I don't I think that
1: I think that mm-hmm. made sense. Yeah. Okay. I think we're right on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> uh and then I um I, we, I probably have overused it over the last, you know, 10 years, but is the idea of validate your assumptions, mm-hmm. right? At a certain point you have to make an you have to make an assumption statement or mm-hmm. a hypothesis or mm-hmm. a decision. Yep. But there are exercises and tactics or design or creative practices that can help you to very quickly validate whether or not that was the right decision or not. Mm-hmm. And now you know, hey, team, yes, we all decided to go this way, but guess what? We were all wrong, right. <laughs> you know, like, or we were all right or part of what we thought was right. right. Um, and I think that's um, a really healthy way to think about mm-hmm it's not right. And nothing's right really Mm -hmm. until it's proven. So in some way, Yep. I think.
1: So what would be our top three pieces of advice to give to our listeners in order to achieve alignment? We've talked about some, we've talked about some tactics. um, There's probably some processes out there, but if you are on a product team and you're wondering, okay, I know my team can get better at being mm. aligned, or maybe you're the person whose role is to get everyone aligned, and you want to, you want a, a new way to think about that. Yeah, what would we say?
0: Um, the, I'm curious to see your hear your thoughts on this. I think the ones that come to mind for me are, I think it was a huge eye opener as I started to design the or started to research the design sprint um, practices or processes of this idea of giving a voice to the not so charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's hard for me. I'm a charismatic mm-hmm. speaker, mm-hmm. so I'm, I have no problem getting my point of view. I mean, woo is one of my top, uh-huh. like, you know, aden- right. traits or whatever, this winning others over. And so that to me was like, well, it just is a matter of me saying enough words and then uh-huh. I'll, I'll get my way. Right. And where- if you
1: don't understand, it's because you
0: didn't hear me right. <laughs> that has been that way since I was a boy, <laughs> okay um, my mom my parents will tell you um but the I think the idea of giving a voice to someone who's not as charismatic or using practices or whether it's an online form or a a collaborative document or you know a real time board or a design sprint uh-huh. or something like this or sticky note get use use tools that will give people a voice to contribute Mm -hmm. um, that maybe you'd find ideas you just never thought of before. Right. I think the second thing for me is that um, at a certain point, someone has to make a decision. Yep. Um, It's not having a democratic, like, you know, we all vote X X and the the majority wins at some point, just some, something has to be decided. Yep. Um, And then, and then you have to stick with that decision. Um, and own then I it. think, yeah, you have to own it. There's mm-hmm. responsibility. There's accountability to that. Um, yep. and then I think the third thing is kind of the last, the end of that story, if you will, which is then test, Yep. test that assumption, test for bias. Yep. yep absolutely. Yep. So as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah. I think for me, I agree with you on all of those. I'm the one I would borrow is identify the decision maker. Right from the get go, how's this decision gonna be made? Is yeah. it is it consensus? Is this a decision that you feel comfortable having a vote? Yeah. Is this a decision where you are gonna make it before the meeting starts because you need to? Yeah, but you want people's feedback yep. on it? Um, so who who is making the decision and what's that process look like? The second one for me is attitude. You might reassess just the overall posture of your team. Yeah. Um, so going back to um, trusting in the gap, because there will be gaps, I think calling that out and just say, Hey, there's going to be times where there's going to be miscommunication, where there's going to be times where people have a misunderstanding. There's going to be times where someone says, yes, I agree with you, but maybe really they don't. Yeah. Right. And having a posture and attitude of always assuming the best when there is that gap in clarity or community or communication, um, Really assess that on your team and making sure that maybe there's a, there's a statement of values or when you go in to solve a problem or to seek an opportunity, maybe there's a statement of, Hey, this is how we're going to behave as a team and treat one another. So I I would really test that. So decision-making the gaps. Oh, and then I really, especially from this past week, I think this would be in my top three, multiple phases of alignment checking, always Mm -hmm. coming back around. To multiple Mm -hmm. phases of alignment checking. Maybe if you have a meeting or you have a strategy session and you're doing eight creative exercises, do eight alignment checks. Yeah. After every, are we aligned at this point?
0: Are we aligned at this point? So how do you, I don't, I don't know that I have a clear answer for this. How do you think you stay continuously aligned? Mm -hmm. So there's one thing to be aligned over the course of four days on a design sprint where it's condensed and you kind of have to make decisions and like right. there's not enough time to even question it. Right. But when you're working on something for a month or two months or six months or years mm. retaining that alignment as the team changes, as the company grows, as the market shifts, mm-hmm. as the, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we not to put you on the spot, but that's it.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to say stuff and this is, these are just thoughts. Let it go to a flow. If I'm going to use this week as an example, we started with that two year goal. And so I think you have to start with the end in mind. Yeah. So let's use a startup or uh, let's just use Crema. We have a mission. We have a vision. We have values. Right. So we started with the end in mind. 20 years down the road, we may using, we may be using different technology or building in addition to software, maybe we're building hardware. I mean, it could look a dozen yeah, the different solutions ways. solutions that we
0: could be creating could right. be different.
1: But why we're doing it and how we're doing it is going to stay the same. Our values will hold true. They're yeah. the foundation of who we are. Yeah. And so, I think as things that you're okay with changing, change. So strategies change. Yeah. Annual goals, by definition, change. Yep. That's okay. Are you? Are those goals and are those strategies still taking you? to the end? Are you still marching towards that goal? Are you still on mission? You know, our mission is turning good ideas into great product experiences. If we got th- you know, three years from now and we decided to go after a, a different technology or a different line of revenue. And we thought, wow, we're not taking in good ideas and we're not creating great product experiences anymore.
0: Yeah. Maybe off mission. Yeah.
1: We're off mission. We're not aligned. And so I think from an organization standpoint, things we do is we, we remind our employees a lot about our values, a lot, a lot about our values, and we use our values for a lot of different things. Assessing leaders, assessing yeah. our culture, mm-hmm. we put those in our regular one-on-ones. How are we doing on this value? How are we doing on this value? Yeah,
0: it comes up in our fifteen-five reviews every week.
1: Right. If yeah. you, because I think if we didn't hit on those frequently, right, they'd get lost. They get lost in the shuffle somewhere.
0: I had a I had a conversation with another organization here in town recently that they were they were asking how we do that because we they knew we were known for that and it was um it's not it's not a terribly complicated thing it's a discipline Mm -hmm. and it's just it's like it's doing it over and over and over again Mm -hmm. and I think what I was so excited to share with him was that you know we've been we've been you know whatever uh, putting the banner up for the last ten years Mm -hmm. or really the more the last six seven years Mm -hmm. and um. And I think we are now in the last two to three years seeing the fruit of it, mm-hmm. right? Where we don't have to yell as loud what those mission vision values are because they are laced in everything inside the culture, inside the organization. Everyone else speaks them now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we were pitched Venture Lab mm-hmm. and through the pitch, through the, the document that they, they, they presented to us, it was just laced with our values right. and it wasn't... It, There was already a shared alignment around this is something Krema would want to do. Right. And so when we got presented it, it wasn't really hard to make a decision. It was like, well, you're right. This is who we are and this is what we ought to do. And you've thought of the constraint, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was, it was an easy decision to make. Right. Now it has taken making sure that everyone's aligned as to Mm -hmm. why we made that decision. Right. Um, It's just a constant discipline.
1: Yeah. It's a constant discipline. Again, in a week, it's so short. It just yeah, flies by. It's well I mean, easily. It, yeah. Yeah. But over six months, a year, two years, there has to be a consistent coming back to here's the core of who we are. Yeah. You almost need, if you get to the point to where your teammates or your employees are kind of like, yes, you've said this value over and over and over <laughs> again, conti- more. Yeah. Just, more, say, you, more times, just yeah. say it six more times. Just say it six more times. It's got to be almost embedded so much to where you literally put it in their
0: DNA. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> been, Yeah. <laughs> We're rewriting the code. That are, that we're rewriting your... Your, your, your genes team. are changing if you work for us. So it's a natural selection of the, the ones that survive are the ones that's that know right. our values. They've um, changed
1: genetically.
0: Uh, the, that's awesome. The um, I think I'm proud in some ways that I think that we've done that. Um, I think that's something you've charged forward really, really well. And just to see that, see the byproduct of that has been really, really helpful. And I think then it, it trickles down into each of the product teams mm-hmm. and then they they have that same set of values that lead them towards serving our clients in the same way. And then what's awesome is that our clients pick it up and they want the same thing for themselves. Right. Yeah. Right. It's great.
1: And being aligned on those things that truly matter, those values, I, we got such a sweet note from a client last week and oh, I don't know about this. Well, it was a client um, who's going through um, just some hardships. Oh, and so it was yeah, just yeah, yeah. a reach out yeah, with a yeah. card and just to say, you know what, we're here and we care. Yeah. And we got such a sweet response, and I just wanted to remind our team that everyone goes home, you know every other day, every three days, and it's like, "Man, that was a rough day. Yeah, work is hard. yeah, but it's those notes that come back and make you realize we, because we're aligned on the things that matter our values, that's what makes work possible.
0: I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about um, one of the girls, uh, she worked for Gimlet Media which is a podcasting company mm. um, just got bought for a hundred and something million dollars by, wow. by Spotify.
1: That's no small <sighs> change.
0: Um, so um, but what she said was she goes Gimlet is there's She had, she said she had had two jobs in her life that um, that were her dream jobs and Gimlet was one of them. Mm. She goes, the adage of find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She goes, it's rubbish. It that's complete wash. Like that doesn't, it's not actually true. Right. The reality is, is find a job you love and you'll, you'll love it, but it's still going to be hard work. Right. You know? And so she was like, there's nothing wrong with that though. Hard work's right. good sometimes. Right. And so yeah, I think it's all comes it's supposed back to, to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. That was good. Good talk really about good. Uh, getting aligned. Speaking of lab
1: Friday and venture lab, we, we have to get demos to it. soon.
0: All right. Um, I do want to ask one final question, one wrap up thing. Um, what are you excited about or what are you reading or listening to right now?
1: Um, I've been really enjoying Malcolm Gladwell's mm-hmm. podcast, revisionist history. I, I love history, but he takes a completely different take on it. Things that maybe you wouldn't know. And, but yet they have such a big impact yeah. on they have impact on things that you've heard of, but the thing that happened, you may not have heard of. Right. And so there's this ripple effect almost. Yeah, that's cool. And he just unpacks all of these interviews and just research, uh, all the way from, um, why people make decisions. So there was one episode, sorry, I'm going to describe this <laughs> do a little it, bit. Do it. There was this one episode of, it was about Wilt Chamberlain, arguably one of the best basketball players who ever lived. And, He was a horrible free throw shooter, absolutely horrible, except for one season when he actually shot underhand and it's proven based on physics that you will have a much higher free throw shooting percentage if you shoot underhand, but he would not do it because it was not socially acceptable in the league. It made him feel quote unquote girly or he wouldn't do that. And so Malcolm Gladwell unpacks why people make all of these decisions, even though they know 100% they're right. And if they don't do it, they're 100% wrong. They'll still do the wrong thing because they don't have a resilience or a tolerance to handle the social unacceptance. I'm terrible at that. And so it was, it was, it's fascinating. So I'm really enjoying his.
0: Wow. Mine's not as good as that. I don't, (laughs) I don't even know that I, I mean, I have my kind of go-to's, um, I think the most. I mean, it's a podcast. So the, the one I'm listening to a lot right now is uh, Masters of Scale, uh-huh. uh, Reed Hoffman's uh-huh. um, from LinkedIn. His his podcast is it's just so incredibly well produced and uh, really interesting. It's not the stereotypical like "How did I build this?" which are all, "How did I built this?" is also a great podcast. And um, but it's more picking a theme around each way. Each, what was the what was the thing that they did great mm. um, and and why that that affected their greatness Mm -hmm. and um or or maybe even how they failed Mm -hmm. which actually is another podcast without fail gimlet podcast um this idea that failure is 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 not not the end of the world Mm -hmm. right and so it's just it's an encouragement i don't like to fail no who does who does but i learn the most when i do right and um
1: and to say failure is not an
0: option is a (laughs) lot It's stupid. It's, it's a lie. There's so many things we say. Just I understand so the attitude behind it, but it, I guess it's it's like just go for it, right. and, you know, and and see what happens. Right. But, well, um I think that's it for today. I'm aligned with you on that. I think I'm aligned with you on that. Maybe 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 a little off, but I could I could say more, which means I'll just consent. Okay that we're finished here. <laughs> okay. Sounds great.
1: Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you think about it, would you give us five stars? That helps us out a lot. This podcast is edited by Larissa McCarty with help from our growth team, Gabby Brotherton, Nate Olson, and Alexa Houston. Check out our show notes at option5podcast.com. Crema is a digital product agency that crafts product teams that design, build, and ship innovation to the world's top scaling companies. We believe that creativity, technology, and people can change the future of business. Learn more about Crema at crema.us. I'm Dan. And I'm George. And you've been listening to Option 5 by Crema.